1: There are some video game stories that everybody gets wrong. Titles like Bioshock Infinite, Kingdom Hearts, and Dark Souls are infamous for being incomprehensible. But sometimes gamers are bewildered not by the overarching narrative, but by a specific story arc. Other times, pivotal parts of the story are misinterpreted, since the ins and outs aren't spelled out. In situations like this, the player might misunderstand the plot without realizing it. If you are uncertain about the ending of a game or a twist that didn't make sense, there's no need to fret. On this list, all your questions will be answered. I'm just from what culture and here are 10 video game plot points, everybody gets wrong. Number 10. Nero's Real Identity, Devil May Cry 4 For Devil May Cry 4, Capcom switched things up by introducing a new demon hunter called Nero. Although the player takes control of the original protagonist Dante in seven missions, Nero is the top dog this time around. Because Nero and Dante look alike, rumors quickly circulated that both characters were related in some way. Were they brothers, was Dante a daddy, or was Nero's uncanny resemblance to the widescracking cracking devil hunter a mere coincidence? Even though the speculation was boundless, Devil May Cry 4 never offered a straight answer. Fortunately, the whole situation was cleared seven years later when the remaster was released. Devil May Cry 4 Special Edition opens two decades earlier, with Virgil visiting the town of Fortuna. While building intel on the Order of the Sword, Dante's brooding sibling impregnated an unnamed woman. Upon leaving the town, Nero's devil-trigger form appears in Virgil's shadow, indicating the two are father and son. If you need further validation, the pair's connection was irrefutably confirmed in the book Devil May Cry 3142 Graphical Arts, which was released two years before DMC4's remaster. Number 9. The Ending – The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time Even though the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time has been dissected to death, the epilogue has left many clueless. After using the Ocarina to venture into the future, Link confronts the great king of evil, Ganondorf. Upon his defeat, Zelda and the Sages banish Ganondorf into the Sacred Realm. With Hyrule saved, Zelda uses the Ocarina to return Link to the past, seemingly resetting the timeline. But in the final moments, there's a scene depicting a young Link meeting a young Zelda in her private garden. Because this is how they originally met, it's believed this ending symbolizes the pair are caught in a time loop. Sadly, the real answer is much more complicated. Yes, Link was sent to the moment just before he met Zelda, but this time, Link informs Zelda of Ganondorf's evil plan, allowing her to banish him before he set his plan in motion. However, that's just one timeline, thanks to Nintendo's Hyrule Historia book. If Link failed to vanquish Ganondorf, it creates the downfall timeline, which continues in The Legend of Zelda, The Adventure of Link, and A Link to the Past. However, again, if Link was sent back to the past, he disappeared in the time period where Ganondorf took over Hyrule. This created another timeline, which led into The Wind Waker. Now those details have been covered, let's hope some of that made sense. Number 8. We Never Thought the Real Big Boss, Metal Gear Metal Gear Solid has never been easy to follow due to the staggeringly vast and ever-evolving narrative. Because the installments aren't released in chronological order, casual players can't make heads or tails of the story half the time. But if one's up to speed with Hideo Kojima's spy franchise and stays on top of the plot, everything should add up, with one exception. Didn't Big Boss die in the original Metal Gear? The MSX2 title released all the way back in 1987 concludes with Solid Snake incinerating the legendary mercenary. And yet, Big Boss returned in multiple sequels set decades after Metal Gear. How is that possible? Did Big Boss survive? Was his demise retconned? Is the older Boss a clone? Annoyingly, it took almost 30 years to get an answer. In Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain, it's revealed Big Boss brainwashed a combat medic codenamed Venom Snake convincing him he was the commander. As such, the Big Boss which Solar Snake encountered in Metal Gear was a decoy. Or to put it plainly, somehow Big Boss returned. Number 7. Zero Was The Bad Guy, Mega Man X In Mega Man X, our titular hero and his ally Zero are in constant conflict with the evil maverick robot Sigma who seeks to rule the world. The plot may sound simple on the surface, but there's so much more going on. In the first few X installments, it's never mentioned that Sigma used to be a hero. He was a police commander tasked with bringing down the most dangerous maverick, Zero. But that's not all. Zero was created by the original Mega Man's arch-nemesis, Dr. Wily. Many fans of the Blue Bomber are oblivious to this fact since it was revealed in the obscure game Mega Man 2 The Power Fighters. After Wily corrupted his creation with the Maverick virus, Zero was driven mad. When Sigma batted Zero into submission, the virus transferred to Sigma. Although this freed Zero from the virus's control, it infected Sigma's mind, turning him into a power-hungry maniac. Zero agrees to join X in his mission, not just to bring about peace, but to redeem himself for unleashing Sigma's tyranny upon the world. Even though the X series has a surprisingly compelling story, most of these details aren't mentioned until the later installments. Number 6. How Wesker Created Ouroboros – Resident Evil 5 Upon completing Resident Evil 4, the player will unlock a bonus feature called Separate Ways, where you must perform missions as the anti-heroine Ada Wong. After completing her final objective, Ada hands over the Plague Virus to her benefactor, Albert Wesker. Little does Wesker realize that Ada double-crossed him, gifting him with an inferior sample. But in Resident Evil 5, Wesker has successfully mutated the Plaga into a powerful biological agent called Ouroboros. How could he achieve this if the strain he was working on was a dud? Because Capcom's survival horror series has never been known for its prominent storytelling, one can assume the writers discarded this inconsistency. Others believe this plot hole was a mere oversight. But when the facts are broken down, this subplot is perfectly cohesive. According to the Dark Side Chronicles guide, Wesker combined the strain given to him by Ada with the plague virus inside Jack Krauser, who served as separate ways as final boss. The two samples bonded perfectly, allowing Wesker to create Ouroboros. A lot of things in Resi don't make sense, but this plot point isn't one of them.
3: Just go to indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Number five. The Pokemon Trainer Isn't Ash Ketchum. Pokemon Series. Considering Pokemon is the most lucrative video game franchise of all time, it's likely you've played at least one of the titles. If so, you should be able to name the protagonist in the first game, Pokemon Red and Blue. Instinctively, many people will answer Ash Ketchum. After all, Ash is the lead in the Pokemon animated series, isn't he? Surely the main character in the original RPG is the same as his video game counterpart, right? However, the lead in Pokemon Red and Blue is called Red. Sometimes he's simply referred to as the Pokemon Trainer. Now, there's no denying Red and Ash have more than a passing resemblance to one another. Their clothes are almost identical, they follow the same narrative, and they both have a rival. Only by analyzing the pair's personalities does the contrast between them become clear. Ash is social, irritable, and insecure, while Red is calm, quiet, and independent. While looking at them separately, it's easy to mistake one for the other. When they're viewed side by side, they couldn't be more different. But if you were brought up with the Pokemon cartoon, you might call Red Ash out of a reflex, even if you know that's not his real name. Number four, no, Kylina didn't die. Prince of Persia, the Two Thrones. Prince of Persia, the Two Thrones opens with the Empress of Time, Kylina summarizing events from the previous installment, Warrior Within, which led to the Sands of Time's destruction. However, this prologue raised a few eyebrows since players didn't understand how Kylina was still alive. In Warrior Within's climax, the prince killed her, allowing Dahaka to absorb the Sansa's power. And yet, the opening act recants these events, since it shows the exact opposite. Considering the two thrones only came out a year after its predecessor, you'd think the creators would remember how the story wrapped up. Rest assured, this is not a mistake, nor did the developers discard Warrior Within's ending. Yes, Kylina popped her clogs, but only in one timeline. If our time-manipulating hero acquired the Water Sword during his journey, the game concludes with a different ending, showing the titular King of Blades slay Dahaka and save Kylina. Although this turn of events serves as the canonical ending, some players never unlocked it since they failed to achieve the nine upgradable pedestals needed to obtain the Water Sword. Number 3. Where did the villains come from? Metroid Since its debut, Metroid's rich lore has never been shoved in the player's face. However, fans should be familiar with the basic story. As a child, Samus Aran was taken in by the benevolent Chozo aliens after space pirates killed her parents. To help her survive, the Chozo equipped Samus with a power suit and genetically enhanced her body. When the space pirates weaponized energy sapping organisms called Metroids to conquer the galaxy, Samus vowed to stop them and their leader, Mother Brain. Even though these details have been explained repeatedly, the origin of Samus's foes has always been a bit sketchy. As a result, it appears as if the space pirates created the Metroids and have been ruled by Mother Brain from the beginning. Ironically, the Chozo are to blame for both of Samus's greatest adversaries. When their world was infested with X-parasites, the Chozo built artificial lifeforms called Metroids that preyed on them. The Chozo then constructed a living supercomputer called Motherbrain to keep the Metroids in check. Sadly, the AI turned against its creators, causing the Metroids to run rampant across the cosmos. Number two, what happened to Midgar? Final Fantasy VII. Much like the Marvel movies, Final Fantasy VII had a post-credit scene that left everyone going, "Huh." This sequence, which takes place 500 years in the future, opens with Red XIII galloping up a canyon with his cubs. Upon reaching the top, the Crimson Beast looks down at Midgar, or at least what's left of it. The city is now consumed by vegetation, implying humanity has been rendered extinct. According to the game's director Yoshinori Kitasi, that's exactly what happened. However, that doesn't explain why Red XIII is heading towards Midgar, except to make one really cool reveal. Which brings us to the 2018 novel Final Fantasy VII On a Way to a Smile. This anthology follows the events directly after Final Fantasy VII's sequel, Advent Children. In the chapter episode Nanaki, Vincent reminds Red XIII how they'll outlive all their friends, since they age at a much slower rate. Because Red will experience great loss and loneliness throughout his long life, Vincent believes it's imperative the two stay in touch. As such, Vincent promises to meet Red every year in the ruins of Midgar. Final Fantasy VII's climax is tragic, but it's nice to know the story ends with Red XIII meeting an old friend. Number 1. Mario isn't from Earth – Super Mario Bros. In 1982, Nintendo's mustachioed mascot Super Mario debuted in Donkey Kong. When he appeared in Super Mario Bros. three years later, he became an icon almost overnight. Decades later, the pasta-loving, princess-saving, goomba stomping impossible acrobatic hero has become even more popular. But despite appearing in over 200 games, we know next to nothing about Mario. According to the common consensus, Mario is an Italian plumber from Brooklyn who fell into a pipe, which transported him to the Mushroom Kingdom. Because this origin story was followed in the Super Mario Bros. Super Show, the Super Mario Bros. film, and the recent Super Mario Bros. movie, you'd assume it's canon. However, it's established in Yoshi's Island that Mario was born in the Mushroom Kingdom, although it's never explained how his parents got there. Just in case you thought Mario's past had been retconned since, Yoshi's new island and Mario and Luigi partners in time have reaffirmed his backstory as well. Now, there's no mistake Mario has been to Earth. How else could he pop up in Mike Tyson's punch-out? Nevertheless, Mario's homeworld has and always will be the Mushroom Kingdom. That's the end of our list, but let me know down in that comment section if you can think of any other video game plot points, everybody gets wrong. As always, I've been Jess from What Culture. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. As always, you can come say hi to me on my Twitter account if you like where I'm at, Jess McDonnell. But make sure you stay tuned to us here for plenty more gaming goodness.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.